Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Just sit in his dad's lap. Adorable. Well, happy Father's Day. And uh, I am thrilled that it's, I'm, it's me and Miss Tori this morning. I'm very excited, and um, we're really excited to talk to you today on Father's Day. My name's Trey, in case you missed that. I'm part of the, the team, the beautiful Trey and Tori. That's the only time I've ever been described as beautiful. Because normally, yeah, I mean, in the first, uh, at 9.30, um, uh, I was really hurt because Lydia introduced the beautiful Tori and Trey. And, it, <laughs> and I, I really took that to heart. And so um, this is your last Sunday with us here. At, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. This morning, we want to talk to you about the heart of a father. Now, listen, Father's Day is the day that we celebrate our dads, right? And we tell our dads how much we love them, right? I mean, anybody get breakfast in bed this morning? Any dads? Get in right and let breakfast in bed. Well done, well done. That little kid right there, that tiny infant brought you breakfast in bed. Champion. That's a champion right there. Well done. Okay. Um, uh, Anybody get a card? Card? Slightly more cards than breakfast in bed. I wonder what that is. Anyway, the dads with cards are like, I really would have preferred breakfast in bed. Keep your cards, bring me breakfast. Anyway, this morning though, instead of talking about how we want to celebrate and love our dads, Tori and I, as we took time and prepared over the weeks coming up to this, we really felt like that what we wanted to talk about this morning was a message not just for dads, but a message for all of you of just how much your heavenly father celebrates and loves you. And here on Father's Day, what we wanna do is we wanna talk about your heavenly father and how much he daily loves you, daily celebrates you. We wanna journey that together a little bit this morning. And um, I don't know, for you and me, it may be a little bit the same because I did grow up in a culture very similar here to Northern Ireland. I know I always say that and you guys go, come on, man, we've seen TV. American Northern Ireland, not the same but you would be surprised. (laughs) And when I grew up, honestly, for me, it was pretty easy to relate to Jesus. I liked the Jesus stories. He seemed like a cool guy and I wanted to get to know him and and I understood Jesus well, but sometimes God the Father could seem a little bit distant. He might seem quite far away, a bit detached. And sometimes that's because what we tend to do is we tend to look at God as a father much in the way that we look at our own fathers. And fathers come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Some fathers are good, very, very good at expressing their emotions and that sort of thing, and it's beautiful. You know, my dad is now a big, very emotional dad. When I was a kid, he was not an emotional dad, you know? So my dad now, though, like, I'm like, hey, dad, I love you. And my dad goes, what? You know what I mean? You know, but again, sometimes what can happen is that if our dads maybe aren't that strong on the emotional side, maybe they're really strong on the providing side or something else, we might in some ways kind of put that onto God the Father. And maybe if our dad felt a little distant, maybe we push him away too. Or maybe if we had a bad father, maybe our father didn't do a good job, our earthly father. And for us, it's hard for us sometimes. And the reality is, is that We don't want to just understand how deeply we're loved by Jesus. We want to understand how deeply God the Father loves us, how deeply the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, and then Jesus points us to the Father again and again and again. And here's the thing, through the Bible, what we discover is the story, the emerging story of God is the story of Jesus coming. And then when Jesus comes, the disciples are constantly saying, show us, (laughs) they're whistle talking. 
That's how you know I'm becoming a dad in Northern Ireland. When you get old in Northern Ireland, you start whistling when you talk, don't you? That's the thing here, isn't it? Like the older you get, you're like, shoo, 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 shoo. I heard two old men talking yesterday, just two birds, just. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> when Jesus was asked by the disciples, the thing they most wanted to know is they were like, show us the Father. If you know the Father, tell us what the Father's like. And that is at the core of the human question. If we believe that there's something out there beyond us, that there's something out there, if God's out there, then what is God like? And that's the question the disciples are asking. Tell us, show us what the Father is like. And here's what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He also said this, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, the Son, talking about himself, can do nothing by himself. I only do what I see my Father doing. So see, when we see Jesus, we see the character of the Father. When we see how Jesus reaches for the broken and for the lost, that's not just Jesus, that's the Father. That's how the Father sees you and sees me. And there's a great moment in the Bible where the Pharisees, the religious leaders who are, and again, they're, they're people, these are the Pharisees. I know we always talk about the bad guys, but they really thought of themselves as set apart as God's men. And so they were guys who had had a really strong sense of who God was. But then when Jesus came, they were like, oh, this is not okay. And so what they did is they saw Jesus doing the things that we read about Jesus doing. Jesus being with the broken, with the sinners, with the people on the fringes. He was not just spending time with them, but he was having meals with them. And there's a moment when the Pharisees come to Jesus and they get really angry with him. And this is what they say. They say, you, you welcome sinners. You even eat with them. Because Jesus didn't fit their picture of God. And so Jesus tells some stories to try to help them understand what God is like, what the Father is like. And he talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin. And then the story that we're going to talk about this morning, a lost son. And this is from Luke 15. I'm going to read it to you. Um, I'm going to read it to you from the message this morning. So this is Jesus responding to these guys who are like... <laughs> You eat with sinners. Jesus said, there was once a man who had two sons and the younger son said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. And after he'd gone through all of his money, all of his inheritance, there was a bad famine. And through that country, and he began to hurt. So he signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pig slop. But even then, he was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. But no one would even give him any. That brought him to his senses. And he said, all those farmhands working for my father, they sit down to three square meals a day. And here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. And I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Just take me on as a hired hand. And he got right up and he went home to his father. And this is when the story takes the most beautiful turn. When the son was still a long way off, his father saw him his heart pounding. The father ran out, embraced him and kissed him. So the son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, 
Bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Then let's get a grain-fed heifer and barbecue it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time, a party. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now he is found. And they begin to have a wonderful time. Now all this time, the older son, the older brother, was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. And as he approached the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And so he called over one of the houseboys and he asked, what is going on? And the houseboy told him, your brother came home. Your father ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he's home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. The father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. Have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away all of your money on whores shows up and you go all out with a feast. And his father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time. This is a time to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead, but now he's alive. He's lost, but now he's found. Now it's truly one of the most beautiful stories that Jesus tells, that moment as he makes his way home that the father has been waiting for him. It is a hard story. The son does end up in a pig pen. He leaves home. He spends his whole inheritance. He gets a job feeding pigs. And then he just gets so hungry, he wants to eat the food from the pigs. But the saddest part of the story, I mean, that's a sad part. I mean, if you end up, you know, feeding pigs and you're so hungry, you just want to eat what they're eating. Because trust me, pigs will eat anything. I'm a farm boy. I'm terrified of what pigs will eat. By the way, children, never get in a pen with pigs. Just a piece of fatherly advice from me, okay? Anyway. But the saddest part of this isn't just that he ends up in a pig pen. The saddest part is in the opening lines when he says there's two sons and this younger one went off and said, I want my inheritance now. I want what should be mine when you die. <laughs> I just want what you have. I don't want you. And he took everything and he left. And, and maybe, maybe the, one of the questions that we should ask is, why did he leave? Because when we read the story, the, the father is a really fantastic father, isn't he? He, he? he actually gives his son the inheritance. He doesn't try to manipulate him. He doesn't try to make him stay home. Was it his relationship with his father? Because his father seems wonderful. Why would he want to leave? Maybe, was it his relationship with his brother? His brother is proud, arrogant, hard, perhaps even cruel. Maybe it wasn't an unloving father. Maybe it was just a cruel brother. But honestly, you know, I'm not sure it was any of that. Maybe it was just something broken in the heart of this young man. A pain he was carrying, a broken heartedness that motivated him to leave. Now, the scriptures don't tell us why he left. And I think that that's purposeful. Because I think that when Jesus told this story, he knew that when he talked about that son, that we would all know someone who knows that kind of pain or <laughs> probably far more close to home. He knew that we would know what it's like to feel that pain. That sense of broken heartedness. You know, there's no such thing as meaningless behavior. When people do things, there's always a reason. There's something that influences the way that we do things and we choose things. And part of that's because we all have an aching gap within us that can only be filled by God's father heart of love for us. We were designed for that to be right in the core of us. 
And when we miss that, what we do is we try to fill it in any other way. But no matter how much rejection or abandonment or abuse or anything that's happened, when we act out in sin in response to that, our lives will always show the consequences. It doesn't matter what kind of hurt that young man went through. It doesn't matter why he left. What matters is, is that the consequences of his choices found him far away with nothing left, just feeding the pigs, starving to death. Because our lives always bear the consequences. What we put in the ground will grow up one way or the other. <laughs> we can't get away from the consequences of our bad choices. And so often what we do is we think about God just getting on to us for our bad choices. But this story shows God's heart in the midst of that. This is a father who understands pain. This is a father who understands children that have made terrible choices and are ended up locked in a prison of their own making. And what's beautiful about the heart of God as a father for you and me is that he understands the pain that goes on in our hearts. He understands the gap that we fill that often we try to fix up with all the wrong sorts of things. Tori. Hi, I, um, I wanna start this morning by telling you a story. A story that happened in the fair town of Coleraine only just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'll ask Luke if he could put up a picture, a picture of, this is a flower of my, in my garden. It's one of my favorite flowers in the whole world. Now, this is a flower called a calla lily. Some of you may have it in your garden. And I absolutely love this. I mean, I, when it starts to come up in the spring, my heart just starts going, we're gonna have calla lilies in the garden. And I get very upset at the enemy in my garden, and many of you will know this enemy, and I really have a hard time with them, and they are called slugs. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes. So this, this enemy in my garden makes me crazy because I'm trying to, do, we have dogs, and I'm trying to come up with ways to make the slugs go away, and I can't figure it out, and uh, because I don't want to put down things that the dogs would eat, and I want to be, try to be organic. So I came across this like re garden remedy that I have no idea if it works or not, but the, the remedy was some, that you could put little bits of cucumber and a little bit of aluminum, and then it would make a smell that this smell would keep the slugs away. I have no idea if this works. But I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's worth trying. So as you can see, there's a bit of fence behind this. And so I thought, right, I'm gonna be really clever. We have dogs. If I put it on the bottom, I know my dogs will eat the cucumber. So I'm going to put the, I'm gonna find a way to sort of maneuver it so that the cucumber is behind and up a bit tall there. And I did it. And I felt so proud of myself. And I thought, this is going to be great. And the slugs are going to stay away. And then, on, was it a half an hour later, I walk out. And could I get you, Luke, to show the picture of that precious face? <laughs> that precious face. Does that look like anything bad could happen? I mean, look at that face. That is our dog, Savannah. Savannah loves cucumbers. When I walked out half an hour later, 
our calla lily was not just a little bit damaged, it was splat all over the ground flat because she had trampled the calla lilies down to get to the cucumber and it was flat on the ground. I grieved, I mourned. <laughs> I was like, what have you done? I went after the wrong enemy. I went after the wrong enemy. And I felt the Lord say, remember that. And when we were preparing for this talk, I was like, that's what that is for. I need to realize who the enemy is. In our attempt to try to tell people about the incredible, amazing, supernatural, and natural as breathing, our original design of having easy and close relationship with Father God, we go after things like how terrible, horrible sin is, or the world is, or, or you've seen fear use, turn or burn, the hells of fire await you, or even worse, other humans who disagree or hold different beliefs. We're going after the wrong enemy. The real enemy is the distorted understanding in the world of who our Father God is and what he is like. His character, his heart, his love and his ways. When we get that, we are wooed by him because that is the hole that's longing to be filled in every one of us. Jesus told the story of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the story of the lost son on purpose to make an unrelenting point about what the Father is like. In our 20s and 30s, we were part of a missions organization called Youth of the Mission. And we had the opportunity to learn about God's Father heart from Floyd McClung in his teaching on the Father heart of God. And he wrote an amazing book called The Father Heart of God that has shaped so much of our understanding and you should get it. If you haven't read it, you, you just must get it. Floyd always said it should be called the parable of the waiting father. It's not an exaggeration to say that that teaching is probably one of the most transformational teachings in my life that has helped me to understand the character and nature of God and has led me to having an easy relationship of prayer and devotion and real relationship with God as my father. And so much of what I'm going to share to you is stuff that I got from Floyd's teaching years ago. You see, the story of the waiting father or the lost son is a sad and wonderful story. This lost son has what is probably what the Bible would call a wounded spirit. In the book of Proverbs 15, verse 13, it says, A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. Have you ever had a broken spirit? What causes a broken spirit? People live with pain. We have an epidemic of pain in our world. Divorce causes pain. Child abuse causes pain. Seeing your parents suffer causes pain. War causes pain like what's happening in the Ukraine. We, we are broken in our spirit just watching what is happening. 
Seeing politics or religion or poverty break open society causes pain for people. Loss of any kind causes pain, whether that's a job or a friendship or a loved one when we lose them to death or a conflict in your family. If we are going to be the kind of people that feel what God feels, if we're going to represent his heart, then we're going to feel that pain as well. It can happen that you do experience your own pain, but you lose touch. We lose touch from what we came from. We forgot that place of pain that we were in, and we need to remember what we came from. What did God save you from? What did God save us from? Do you remember? Do I remember? Do you remember that moment when you realized you needed to come home? that there was a way out of the prison that you'd put yourself in. I challenge me and I challenge you to remember why there was joy in your salvation. Remember what we've come from. We must always carry tenderness in our hearts for those who are lost in pain. It's so easy to give people religious phrases, cheap words. Please don't let us lose our compassion for those who hurt. The essence of God's being is that he cares for a world that is in pain. It's what sets him apart from every other God. He came to us in our pain, Emmanuel, to take away our pain so that we would know forever that he understands our pain. This is why Jesus told us the story of the prodigal son, the waiting father. He was speaking to a crowd of religious Pharisees, religious leaders, and he was challenging them. He was challenging what would have been expected from a father in that society. So just imagine, try to get a picture in your head of what those Jewish men were thinking when he told them this story. Imagine how that landed in the crowd when he said that that young man was so utterly disrespectful to his father. I just want my inheritance. And I want to leave. I basically don't care about you. I, you're dead to me. I want you dead. Basically, I don't care about you. No gratitude, no respect, no honor. Just what he wanted right then for himself. Have you ever thought that the father doesn't argue with him? He doesn't make a case for him to stay. What would you do if your son or daughter came to you like that? I know what I'd do. I would be so hurt. I would be so hurt that I'm sure I would react out of my hurt. I'd lecture, I'd put them on a guilt trip probably make them feel ashamed that they've even thought it. I don't think that there is a way that I would have responded the way that that father responded. In fact, I know I wouldn't have. He was so forward thinking, this father, in this story. I believe that what Jesus wanted to show in that moment was how much the father wanted most of all to show the lost son love so that whenever it was, whatever it took, when that lost son returned, the son would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was loved 
no matter what he did, no matter how horrible it was, no matter what shame he brought on the family, no matter what depths he sunk to, that father would be waiting for him waiting and longing for the day he could wrap his arms around him, waiting for the day that their relationship would be restored. That's why he didn't argue with the son. You remember back from the verses that Trey read before, he said, when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. When he was still a long way off, his heart pounding, he ran off, embraced him and kissed him. And the son started his speech. But what happened by that time? By that time, the, the father's already ready to party. This story is about the heart of God. Jesus told this story not so we would learn about what it took for the son to come back, but about the heart of the father. His innermost being, the most essential part. If we understand the heart of God, our response, our easy response, once we understand, is to run to him, not away from him. The Bible describes him as being moved with compassion. He sees the hurt. He sees the wounds in people's hearts. He sees what they go through and he cares deeply. Our Father is waiting for us at the end of the lane. He is waiting for us to receive his love. The first step is to acknowledge our need for him. We have to be honest. If there is pain in our lives, if there's a problem, if we're hurting, if we're anxious, if we're depressed, if we're filled with shame, if we're abused or broken, or if we're in need, Whatever it is, if we're tired of the pain or the prison of shame or doubt or fear, we just need to admit that we need him. I've done this many, many times in my life. When I finally get to the end of myself and my bravado that I can do everything, I'll be okay. I have swallowed my ridiculous pride and cried out to him with my go-to prayer. Help. Help. But here's the good news. We serve a waiting father. He says, I'm waiting for you right now. Always. Just turn towards me and start to walk home. You don't have to make yourself shiny or lose the stink of the pigs. I will wrap my arms around you, stink and all. And I believe that he is speaking to some of us this morning. Try me. Give me a chance to show you that I am love. And before you can even get the words out to try to explain yourself or come up with your own grand apology, he has thrown his arms around you. He has said how dearly he has missed you and he welcomes you home. It does not matter that the older brother is throwing a fit, meaning anyone around you who has their finger pointed at you in any disqualifying way. It doesn't matter. His eyes are on you and your return and he wants to restore relationship with you. And every day 
when we open our eyes from sleep, he is looking to greet us. He is running to us, throwing his arms around us. That is what Jesus wanted us to know about the Father. And that is how we are loved. You should do that more. Just so you know, I, I want her to do this more. I can't talk her into it. So if you're watching at home right now, write in, write in. Just write Tori Shepherd, write to the church. In these reflections, as we reflect on the story, we're not the first to reflect on this story for so many years. For centuries, this story has gripped the hearts of people. And, you know, Jesus, when he told stories, he had that sense. You know, isn't it powerful how a story that Jesus told 2,000 years ago still resonates with us today? It's very clever, wasn't it? There was a great master painter called Rembrandt. And he was fascinated with this story. And he, this is his very last painting. It's called The Return of the Prodigal Son. Now, Rembrandt throughout his life tried to do this painting. He there, there's so many attempts at it. There's so many different drawings of it. There's so many different moments. But it was almost at the end of his life, this is literally probably the last painting that he ever did. He finally felt that he'd captured it. And, and the reason I wanna show you this morning is because it just help, I think it helps us reflect as we think about how others have thought about this story as well. Let me tell you the things I love about this painting. One, what's so beautiful here is that just look at the hands of the father. There's one hand, the left hand is strong and masculine and then the right hand is soft and gentle and you see that strong sense of father but that gentle compassion. We look to the right, we see the older brother, his hands crossed in judgment, cloaked in darkness. But I tell you the most beautiful thing of all in this. You see the broken son there, his head pressed into his father. But the focus of this painting, even though it's called the return of the prodigal son, the painting is not about the prodigal son. The painting is focused on the father. The, the, the area of most light is on his face where you can see the, the, the wear on his face from waiting for his son to come home. And this morning, what I, I guess as I reflected on this, this is what I want you to hear is that so often what we've done is we realize we've got a, a father-shaped hole. We realize that we are lost and broken and prodigal in a way. And so often what we do is we focus on ourselves and how we need to get back home. But Jesus helped us focus on the father. Because the story of the lost son is really, truly the story of a father. And when we begin to understand what kind of father God we have, it begins to transform who we can be in the way that we father and mother. But for us particularly as men today, whether we're a biological dad or not, there's a call to be that kind of father. We've got a world that is lost, stuck in pig slop, trying to chew through corn cobs. We have a, a, a town filled with young people who desperately need fathering. We've got people who, who need us to come alongside them and, 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 and have something to give. And so often we may find ourselves, we may just go, oh, I, I, here I am, I, I'm like a lost son myself. 
But sometimes we may find that we're actually in the other role, the elder son, the older brother. It's a beautiful book that um, a, a Christian thinker called Henri Nouwen wrote about this painting and about the story of the prodigal son. And here's what he said. He said, Rembrandt, the painter, is as much the elder son of the parable as he is the younger When during the last years of his life, he painted both sons in the return of the prodigal son, he had lived a life in which neither the lostness of the younger son nor the lostness of the elder son was alien to him. Both needed healing and forgiveness. Both needed to come home. Both needed the embrace of a forgiving father. But from the story itself, as well as from Rembrandt's painting, it's clear that the hardest conversion to go through is the conversion of the one who stayed home. And you can understand it, can't you? For many of us, we're still trying to almost kind of make dad happy. You know what I mean? Like we're doing all the right stuff. And so when we see people that are living in brokenness on the fringes with everything's gone, we, we see them in broken families, broken relationships, addicted, whatever. It's easy for us to go, well, they got what they deserved. But what this story demands of us is to see again the father because we can never understand a father's heart when we are carrying the bitterness of an older brother. And what I believe God wants to do this morning as we come into land here is I believe he wants to release to us this understanding of how deeply we're loved, how deeply we're fathered by God and then release that so that we can then carry that. There's that beautiful moment in the story when it says this in, in verse 17 there, when he came to his senses. And for many of us, we, we need a moment of coming to our senses, don't we? For some of us, it's because we're, we're lost on the pig slot. But for some of us, it's because we're, we're standing our arms folded in judgment. And right now, a waiting town, a waiting community, a waiting city, a waiting nation longs for people who learn what the heart of a father is because we need the heart of a father to father well. You know, this morning we sang that song, Reckless Love. And that song has, I love that song. It's one of those songs that people get upset about though. Um, you, know, I, you know, I read and study a lot and I follow a lot of different theologians and thinkers and that kind of thing. And every now and then everybody gets up in arms about a song. You know, Twitter just gets a, a bit a tweeting, you know? And reckless love is one of those ones where they're like, how dare they say his love is reckless? I mean, God doesn't do anything reckless. He's God for goodness sakes. Don't even look at him, you know? And I get what they're trying to say. I get it. But frankly, there is something so reckless about a father who stands waiting for a son that may never return. Frankly, there's something so reckless about a father that looks at a humanity and says, I love them so much that I will send my son whether they respond or not. And it's like, we think that word reckless is bad. When I hear that word reckless, I think what a father to love that recklessly. God, help me to love with such recklessness my children and those you've called me to father. So this morning we want to respond. So can we stand together? We're going to invite some guys up this morning. We just want to release some, just some blessings in the room. We, we've invited a few guys to come up who are, who are real fathers. They're, they're, they're biological dads. They're, they're all kinds of dads. Some of them are biological dads. Some of them are fathers who carry fathering for, for business and for many other things. But we just want them to pray some prayers of blessing. And then we're just going to take a moment to worship together as we respond. Can the band come on up as well? Yes, I want to just 
introduce them a little bit to you if you don't know who they are. So some of you will know um, that Dave Pavey is our uh, under-18s pastor, but Dave just, regardless of the job, carries the heart of a pastor. He carries the heart of coming alongside young people, mentoring, just, just really just raising up young people. And that's a part of his heart. That's who he is. Colin, who featured in our video earlier. <laughs> yes. Uh, Colin actually just carries this heart of fathering, and particularly in the area of fostering and adoption, but just coming alongside. That's who he is. That's who he is. We've got Stephen Chestnut. And Stephen, for those of you who know, he has been around Causeway Coast Vineyard for so many years and is, is really, I mean, he's a hero to so many of us in the way that he has come alongside so many over the years. He is a, a, a leader. He mentors. He mentors in, in professional areas and business and in leadership. And he has so much to give. And then we have Johnny, Johnny Wilson, who is a star in our Vineyard Compassion, but not just a star at his desk in the office. Johnny carries the heart for the broken and in giving people the actual tools to be able to step out of the prisons that they have found themselves in, no matter what that is in mental health or poverty or in so, so many ways. And then many of you will know Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Irwin is a man who has a heart for the broken. He is a man who has reached out to countless people, who has poured out his life loving people. And so we're just going to ask them to bless us this morning, particularly the men in the room. This is a, they're going to speak out blessings over you, and then there will be an opportunity for you to be prayed for by them um, at the as we close the service, the, these men will be at the sides and you can be prayed for by them. But they're just going to speak out a brief blessing over you now. Gosh, when I grow up, I want to be like these men here. Um, th this generation, boys and girls, young people, are looking to find out who they are. And we know if you have Jesus in your heart that, that they only find that out when they know who they are in him. So would you put your hand on your heart? Let me just invite you because um, Trey said that, that it is out of the, the, the Father's heart for us that we get to do this. So right now, Jesus, I pray that you would fill our hearts to overflowing with the love of the Father. That we could not help but to reach out to those young people, to those children, to let them know who they are in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that there would be ones here that would go after those who are strayed away, the stray cats, as it were, that there would be ones here who look out for the underdogs that are coming through. And I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, Father, thank you so much for the men in this church, Father. And I just pray that the men now will put their hands on their heart and what you're feeling there is the Father's heart. And I, as you know, I come from the the foster and adoption and stuff like that background. So I'm going to speak to the men out there who maybe have it in their heart. There's children out there who just can't get over that hill to run to you. So I'm, I'm asking you to run down that lane to them and go get them, Father. And I just pray that over the men here. And, and there's some women here as well who have, who have to father as well. So I pray that over them as well. And Father, I just pray that these kids will 
will get to wear that family ring. They'll feel a part of that. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the examples of leaders and fathers and mentors you've given us in your word, Lord, from Moses and Joshua and uh, Elijah and Elisha and Paul and Timothy and even Mordecai and Esther, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the example they've shown, Lord. We thank you that we as a church, Lord, believe in that. Thank you, Lord, for the mentorship we have going on, Lord, just for our interns, Lord, and for the many interns who've been here over the years, Lord. We thank you for the success that has been, Lord, and for the glory that has brought to you. Many of them are across the world serving you today, Lord, just because people reached out and helped them, Lord. Yes. Uh, and, Lord, we pray... You have a wider heart than that, Lord. We know what goes on in hope, Lord, and the mentor and the encouragement goes on there and bless them too, Lord. But we pray for the wider community. I think the Father is saying that there's ones here that he would like to reach out in their work, maybe in their school, in their family, or in their community, and to look for those who they can mentor, and lead and raise up a generation of leaders that we need because the church is in the community raising leaders not just in the church Lord. and we pray Lord that you'd help them to do it with grace and with honour and with humility and with love and that your name will be glorified in, it. in Jesus name we pray Amen Yeah Father we just thank you for each man who's represented here today. We thank you for each mind, for where those of us may struggle with our mental health. God, we pray that you would just release your peace over us just now, that your peace would protect our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You tell us in your word that uh, we have the mind of Christ. You tell us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so, Lord, we declare these promises and these truths over our minds that we would be fully connected to ourselves and who you've called us to be, that we'd be fully connected to you and who you've called us as your sons, as your princes, as you're our best dad, and help us as we seek to uh, help others to step into what you have for them, whether that's our own biological children or whether that's those people around us. And so we just break off all sense of shame, of rejection, break off all sense of, of trauma, of uh, just those real struggles, that you would help us, Lord, to be able to take the step through the door that we need to do, both today and tomorrow morning. Yeah, just bless these men in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Heavenly Father, we, we pray particularly for the men who are not here today, Lord. Uh, but are all known to you, and, and, and some of them are known to us too, Lord. And we ask, them, we ask you to reach out to them once again and, and bring them back to your loving arms, Lord. And we just ask this in your name. And, and we just pray once again for them, Lord. Amen. So just as our final act of response this morning, we, the, the guys are gonna lead us just in that last little chorus that we sang about the reckless love of God. I'm, I'm gonna ask these guys to go and stand on the sides. It's kind of dark over there so you can respond. And what we wanna do is if, you, 
if any of the things that they spoke out as blessings, you want further prayer on, I want, I want to ask you to come. But here's the other thing. This isn't just for men this morning. If you need a deeper understanding of God as your father, these, these guys would love to pray for you. And Tori and I will be down on the side as well. So if you would love someone to pray for you around any of these things, to release more in you or to help you deep, more deeply understand, then please come. Please come. These guys would love to pray for you. And finally this morning, if you're here and you don't know that God is your father yet, if you've never realized that you can actually turn your head towards home and that he'll come running to meet you, if you'd like to start a journey with the Father through Jesus this morning. We'd love to pray for you and chat with you. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or anything, but you can come right on the side. People won't even know why you're coming, but we'd love to pray with you. And then I'm just gonna pray right now and then the guys are gonna lead us and then the guys will come and close. But the last thing I wanna pray for this morning, if there's men in this room who want to become fathers and you haven't yet, if you've had trouble conceiving, I know that's a thing for some, for some of us. I just wanna pray right now for a release of, of daughters and sons to those who are barren for whatever reason right now. So come Holy Spirit. Lord, for my brothers in this room who long for children and who have not yet been able to have them for they've been to doctors, they've been through, um, I, I sent some of you through IVF, all of this, and you, there's like a deep broken ache in your heart. And I just wanna say in the name of Jesus, we speak fruitfulness. Lord, release daughters and sons to these. And Lord, we do, we pray for biological daughters and sons, but Lord, if you have a different story, then we pray that they would be surrounded by daughters and sons that you bring to them, for them to be able to step into their role as father and mother. This is for fathers and mothers. So we pray for fruitfulness in the precious name of Jesus. And I bless you all with the Father's love with his deep love for you, the love that sees you and comes running. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guys, lead us. And you just respond. Just feel free to respond. And yeah, just come on up and you can, the guys will be on the side and we'll be there to pray with you. So free, please make your way up as the guys lead us in worship. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.